Welcome back to the Godly Dating 101 podcast. It's your boy Tavares here. Just wanted to stop by with another episode. It's Thursday, so you know we got some heat for you guys. Today is just going to be me. If you're listening on Apple, please go ahead and leave a five-star review. Subscribe on whatever outlet it is. Maybe you're new to the channel. Maybe you're not familiar with us. You want to go check out some other episodes, especially that I have my wife on. Be sure to do that. Get caught up. Um, If you're listening on YouTube, because I might be uploading this video, depending on how it turns out, um, then be sure to subscribe to the channel. We're going to be trying to do more of these and we're already posting on YouTube, but we're going to try to place most of our podcasts on there now whenever we get time to record. But today we have a topic. I have a topic that I think we need to address in church. And I say that because I feel as though... This modern Christianity, you know, it's kind of, I do whatever I want, just say I love God and I'm making it to heaven. Now, I want to challenge um, some of some of our beliefs today. Um, so you may not like me, but you'll love me. You'll thank me, you know, if you take the time to read, <laughs> you know, but I want to talk a little bit, you know, out of 1 Corinthians 6, um, because I want to talk from the topic that you're bought with a price. I hear a lot of people, you know, kind of just doing whatever they want. But I want to just take a quick look at what is the scripture saying. Um, So we're going to be talking out of 1 Corinthians 6. I'll read a couple verses here and there. Um, Let me just read it. Y'all, you probably ain't even read the Bible today. So if you didn't get the chance to read today, your boy got you. 1 Corinthians 6, starting at 13. Meats for the belly and the belly for meats. Or some versions will say food was for the stomach and the stomach um, for food. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God have raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, say if he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So my goal today, um, not to preach to you, but is to get us to look at, um, I guess, a few ways on how do I glorify God with my body. And I say that because I really don't think people get that impression, because when you look at the pictures we post, you know, when you look at the clothing we'll wear or when you look at the things people do to themselves or. You know, I think a lot of people are like focusing on modesty and we don't even focus on the things that we eat, like ruining our bodies. You see, that wasn't even in my notes, you know, but just the fact that it's so many things that I don't think we take into consideration when it comes to am I glorifying God in my body? Because I'm bought, meaning I no longer belong to myself. You know, so I just want to um, point out a couple of things. It's not going to be long, you know, about how do I glorify God in, in my body? And the first one I want to talk about is abstaining from sexual sin. And I know everyone is saved in the world today. Apparently, you know, no one obeys scripture anymore, but everyone loves Jesus. I'm not sure how that necessarily correlates, um, but apparently that's a new thing in our world today. People don't open the Bible. They don't obey it when they open it, but they're still saying that they love God. But Jesus said, if you love me, 
you will keep my commandments in John chapter 14. So I want to point out that your body isn't created for sex and your body isn't created for you. It's also not created for your spouse. I think a lot of times we get that impression that, oh, let me just not have sex so I could present myself as a virgin for my wife or for my husband. No, this this purity culture is pretty toxic because it, it contaminates the minds of a lot of Christians, whereas people think that if they are not having sex, then that means they're right with God. So we're not focusing on the fact that many people are in bondage to lust, perversion, pornography, masturbation, all these things. But because they're not physically having sex, they think they're honoring God. And that's why we have to get to the root of this purity culture that is preying on the emotions of people. And it's wrong. It's not biblical. God is not with it. <laughs> you know, so I want to point out this, that your body wasn't created for for sexual sin. You know, so when we read in verse 13, it says, you'll say the food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true though someday God will do away with both of them in the NLT. But you can't say that your that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies. So God, so Paul is showing us what God's will is. God wants to stop us in our tracks and not allow us to get the impression that it's okay to keep having sex with our boyfriend. It's okay to keep having sex with our girlfriend. Oh, we're engaged, so it's no big deal. No, no, no. God still has a standard of holiness. Um, I read a post recently that said God's highest standard is holiness. God's lowest standard is holiness. God's only standard is holiness. And I think a lot of churches don't preach about that. And it's sometimes it's because they're ignorant of what holiness truly means. And, you know, a lot of churches just like to tell people, oh, legalism, you're you're trying to tell people they're saved by works. No, um, James says that you're saved that show me your 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 faith by your actions. It says, because your faith, if it doesn't accompany any works, is dead. Because you're telling me you love God, but you don't obey him. You're telling me you love God's people, but you won't go to church. You're telling me you you love the fact that God says, um, do, don't do this, but you're going to still do it. And that shows me, no, the faith that you're claiming to have is dead. You, you're telling me that your sins are, are forgiven, but you're living the same way. You know, you're you're not dead to your sins, like Paul mentioned in Romans 6, that we're buried with him in baptism, meaning we should have died to our old ways when he washed our sins away. We should have. And I, don't get me wrong. We all sin daily. We all need the grace of God. We all need the mercy of God. But my point is, something has to change. If you're claiming to know God, if you're claiming to be saved, if you're claiming to have a walk with God, something has to change in our lives. You know, that's something that I need, need us to take into consideration you know, so I don't want. So back to what I was saying, but I don't want anyone to get the false belief that you're you have worth when you're married. There's a lot of singles that message us and they, they want to get married so badly. They they want to know um, when is it my time? How do I know it's the one? And and it seems as though people are placing their lives on pause because they're feeling like they're created for marriage. And yes, we were created for marriage, but marriage to God and not just the men and women on this earth. Because God wants a connection with us first and foremost, because it wouldn't make any sense to get a great husband, great wife, have a nice family and then go to hell. The, the most important relationship for us to focus on is our relationship with God, because when we place God as the forefront of our minds, then he orders our steps. He'll lead us to the right relationships. He'll lead us to the people that we need to be around, the people that we need to avoid. You know, so please don't think that you can ever you can ever just 
live however you want and still get to God's will. No, we have to pursue God and he'll guide us to the right people. He'll guide us to the right job, the right city we should be located in, the right, whatever it is that's coming after. Matthew 6 and 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added to you. Because when you have God, you have all that you need. You know, so in, in regards to abstaining from sexual sin, we have to understand that the Bible calls us to run away from sexual temptation. I think a lot of times we're, we're kind of, if you, is my iPad popping up in the screen if you can't see, but we're kind of, I, 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 let me rephrase that because I don't want to say it wrongly, but I think a lot of times we like to, we like to be daredevils. You know, we like to see how much we can push our boundaries, how much we can get away with, how much we can do and still go to heaven. I think a lot of people, they get the impression that God is up there saying, okay, you know, I don't want to, I don't have the impression that God is up there saying, okay, you sin 30 times, I'll forgive you. But at 31st time, you're done. You know, I don't, that's not how God works. He's a loving father. So he wants to forgive you. He wants to save you. He wants to wash you from your sins. But the problem is a lot of people know God is loving, but they don't know God is just, they don't know God is holy. So yes, God is loving, but his main characteristic is holiness, meaning he loves you because he is holy. He forgives you because he is a holy God. He wants a relationship with you. But when you think you can do as you please and still still offer God worship, that's not how that works. God doesn't accept carnal worship, worldly worship, you know, our, our own ungodly desires and then just saying, here, God, you know, there you go. There you have it. You know, that's not how God works. And I think a lot of times we think we can just offer God anything and he'll be pleased. But sadly, a lot of people, like Jesus said in Luke 6, um, 46, if I'm not mistaken, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, you know, no, not, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord shall be saved, you know, because a lot of times we think because we go to church, shout hallelujah, speaking in our tongues, you know, prophesying. We got the evangelist as our Facebook name. We think we're going to heaven. No, none of those things move God. You need a relationship, not just a title, not just to look the part. You know, so when it comes to running away from sexual temptation, there are no sins in the Bible that God tells you to run away from. It says to flee, you philosto. It says to flee fornication. So why does God tell us to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Um, when it says, put on the whole armor of God that you're able to stand when the enemy attacks you in Ephesians 6. But when we look at 1 Corinthians 6, 18, it says flee fornication. And that's because every single thing that we, we come into, it says no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. So sexual temptation is the only thing that God is telling you to run away from. Don't think you are so strong. David was a man after God's own heart, fell into sexual temptation. Solomon is the wisest man other than Jesus Christ to walk this earth, fell into sexual temptation. Samson is the most physically strongest man to walk this earth, fell into sexual temptation. I am not stronger, love God more than David, or have more, or do I have more wisdom than Solomon? So I know that I can fall into sexual temptation. So when we look at scriptures like 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5, Many people ask me questions like, how do I know God's will for my life? And well, this verse makes it very clear. Um, I'm reading it from the ESV. It says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. 
that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. So this blatantly tells you God's will is for you not to be in sexual immorality. And I think a lot of times people get the impression, okay, well, I didn't fornicate, so I'm good. No, but when we look at the Greek word, um, the, the origin of the word fornication is not simply just sex outside of marriage. It's pornea, meaning that's where we get the word pornography, meaning it's, it's an umbrella type term for all types of sexual perversion. So whether it's adultery, it's not God's will. Fornication, meaning sex with someone that's not your spouse, not God's will. Um, masturbation, you getting sexual gratification outside of marriage, not God's will. Homosexuality, dating someone of the same sex when God didn't call you to do that type of relationship, not God's will. So God is saying that this is the will of God, that you abstain from all of it, every bit of sexual immorality. He wants us to control our body in holiness, in honor, not like the world does, because he's saying these people don't know God. They don't understand that God is going to judge them. But we as believers, we understand the judgment of God. We understand the mercy of God. And we also understand the love of God, meaning it's not just a matter of not wanting to go to hell, but it's a matter of wanting to honor the person that died for us, the person that redeemed us from sin. Because many of us had these addictions that God delivered us from, these sicknesses that God healed us from, these issues, this emptiness, this brokenness, this, this feeling of having no worth, the suicidal thoughts that God freed us from. But he didn't save us so we can continue living how we did prior to being saved. You know, so I think it's definitely something that we have to take into consideration, man. Like when I think of a lot of our, you know, friends and family members and loved ones who, who struggle with depression, you know, and it's like God delivered them, then they go right back to it. And it's, and I'm not saying you don't struggle with depression once you get saved. Please don't, please let me um, rephrase that. But it's just the fact that if God set you free from it, you were crying out for an answer. You got your answer from God. Why would you turn back? Why would you turn back to those things that kept you um, in lust? Turn back to those things that kept you in fear. Turn back to those things in depression. But you guys know something that I tell you guys all the time. But in regards to depression, believers, we have to address it, which is why we have BetterHelp sponsoring this episode, because they're, uh, uh, they're able to pair you with a uh, a therapist, my apologies. They're pairing us with a therapist that we may need to speak to one-on-one. -on -one. You may not want to speak to a certain type of person. BetterHelp is the type of resource that'll pair you with the perfect match. So you will always have someone to help you assess your needs. They'll match you with a licensed professional therapist. You'll be able to connect in a safe and private online environment. You can call them. You can be on a video chat with them. You have all type of ways to get to them. So if you're one of those people that's facing depression, stress, anxiety, or anger, or any of those type of traumas, BetterHelp is there to help you. And they have different therapists in all 50 states. So you can always get, especially if you're in America, I know we have followers everywhere, but if you're in America, there's people in every single state that is able to be paired with you. So if you're feeling burdened down, please understand we have this resource for you all, and I'm sure to help you. And as one of our listeners, you get 10% off your first month by going on betterhelp.com slash godly so that's b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p slash godly for 10 percent off your first month back to the episode <laughs> so what when it comes to fleeing sexual temptation we have to understand that god doesn't want you sitting there thinking you're stronger than you really are you have to fight this thing in the spirit of god and god is telling you to run like joseph did because i'm sure potiphar's wife was beautiful 
I'm sure she had the body that was banging. I'm sure she had it all and he could have hid it in secret. But he said, how can I do this thing and sin against God? He wasn't worried about offending Potiphar. He wasn't offended. He wasn't. It wasn't the fact that he was trying to that, you know, he respected her so much. It was the fact that he loved God so much that he was like, nah, playing with this type of temptation can ruin my purpose. You know, so you have to have a purpose mindset rather than a passion mindset, because if you move based off your emotions, you move based off your your urges, or your hormones, you're going to constantly be tripped up by things that God wants to deliver you from. Another point that I want to mention is being careful of who or what you entertain. I think a lot of times, a lot of Christians, we don't take into consideration who we entertain. Um, we we date anyone we want. We we hang out with everyone, you know, and 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 people like to say, oh, well, Jesus hung with sinners. Yeah, um, Jesus connected with sinners in an attempt to show them the love of God. He didn't hang around sinners and people doing all kind of worldliness so he could be cool and to fit in. And I think that's what a lot of believers struggle with. We want to fit in. We don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to look like that odd person. So we do things that we aren't pleased with, that God isn't pleased with just so we don't offend anyone. But God is not calling you to fit in. God is calling. You can't impact people that are influencing you. You can't. If, if you're trying to change the world, you must first be changed. You cannot be like the world in order to change the world. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 that we shouldn't be deceived. It says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Man, I think I think a lot of times we don't play. We don't pay good attention to the fact that it's saying don't be deceived. And I say we don't pay attention to that because no one who is deceived knows that they're deceived. <laughs> you ever heard someone say, oh, yeah, I'm deceived? No, it's not until after you get out of a situation and you realize that was not the type of person I thought I was going to be dating or married to. That was not the type of job that, you know, that job description lied to me. This is not what I signed up for. You don't realize what you are into until you're in it. And you don't realize it's deception until God removes the scales from your eyes. So God is telling us, you know, through the Apostle Paul, don't be deceived. If you're around bad company, it's going to corrupt your views. And if yeah, you're around people with the wrong view of God, they're going to change how you view God. Like I saw a video of a young lady who left the church and she was bashing an organization because of things that they believed. And it was weird because I was like, that's not an organizational thing. Like all Christians believe that because it's in the holy word of God. But the thing is, she mentioned in the video, and I caught that real quick, they didn't want her hanging around certain type of people. You know, and I realized those type of people are the ones who pulled her away. And now she was bashing the church and she was bashing what people believed. And it was all because she got connected to the people they were hoping she wouldn't get connected to. Because it's not a matter of... You're not able to have atheist friends, Hindu friends, Buddhist friends. The issue is when your Buddhist friend has more influence on your life than the word of God. Or when your atheist friend is telling you they don't believe everything the word of God says. And you're saying, oh, I, I get it. So now when you hear about the healing of 5,000, you don't have the faith to believe it's real anymore. You're saying the Bible just, oh, I just, you know, giving a story, a cute story. Now you're allowing people with the wrong type of communication, a wrong type of thinking to corrupt how you view, how you view God and how you view this world. You know, so we're only fooling ourselves if we think we can't influence, um, you know, if we think we can influence the world and not be influenced, you know, so I don't want you to think that 
you shouldn't talk to unsafe people because I have a lot of unsafe friends. I have people that are outside of church that are friends with, but I'm not best friends with them. We're not hanging out every day. You know, my goal is to teach them Bible studies. Like I have some friends that are not saved yet. And I'm trying to teach them Bible studies because I want them to see. I want them to see the truth of salvation. I would like to see my friends saved. I would like to see my friends at church. I want to see all y'all baptized. I want to see all y'all filled with God's spirit. You know, the Bible says in John 3, no, um, no man can enter into the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and spirit. I want to see all my friends born of water and spirit. I want to see all of our lives change. I want to see all of us growing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's not going to happen if they're impacting me rather than me impacting them. So Paul says, I become I become like all men. He becomes he, he blends in in a way that he's able to impact everyone. So a lot of people read that and think, oh, that means I got to go to the club to win the people at the club. No. Paul is saying if somebody is in the NBA, you know, and I want to share the gospel with them, me talking about baseball is not going to win the guy who plays basketball. I have to know something about basketball, whereas I could be like, oh, you hoop? And then he could be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that way a door just opened. You know, so you become like people you 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 um become approachable, but that doesn't mean you allow your spirit to be accessible. You have to allow yourself to become like people, become humble, come down to where people are. Never think that because you're saved, you're better than anyone, but you humble yourself so that you can win souls for God's kingdom. You know, so when we when we have to pay attention to what are they doing in our lives, and if people are encouraging sin, complacency, lukewarmness, then that shows that God didn't send them. You know, when people are showing are, are encouraging us that if you tell someone you're reading the word or you tell them what you're studying and they're like, oh, it doesn't take all that. Then that shows this person is influencing you in a way that God wants them to. And we all need to get resources that help us grow in our walk with God. You know, there are some daily things and comforts that just make you feel grateful. You know, a lot of you people are coffee drinkers. I'm not a coffee drinker. I like tea. Maybe it's the Jamaican in me. I don't know. But there are some things that we count on to get us on our way to go. And this is why I'm telling you guys about Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide. The Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide brings daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It's the only daily devotional magazine written by readers, ordinary Christians. You don't have to worry about, man, pastor so-and-so or some apostle. No, it's just people believe in God, following Jesus just like you. And they have different blogs. They have different ways that you can get involved in community, whereas you can connect with people. You can connect with the word of God and they'll send you emails, whereas you can get messages, you know, to start you on your day. Because a lot of times we get so busy that we don't make time for God. And that's why I believe that Uproom Daily is is a good thing, because while you get so busy and consumed with the, the cares of life, you need something to remind you, hey, Spend a couple minutes in God's word. Spend a couple minutes in prayer. So this is a great resource for all of you guys that will be delivered straight to your email. So enjoy a 30-day free trial of, of, our, of the email, or you can get their app service by visiting upperroom.org slash welcome. And that's U-P-P-E-R, upper, room, R-O-O-M, dot org slash welcome to get your first 30 days free, and you won't regret it. It doesn't matter what denomination you are because it has something for the body of Christ in general. It's not something that's specific towards people that only believe a certain way. It's just specific on the Bible. And I'm sure that you guys will love it. But when it comes to these things, I want you guys to understand that it it matters who you're around because if you want to please God, you have to be around people that will help you please God. Um, I mentioned it in a previous podcast, so I won't mention too much. But 2 Samuel 13, verse 3 it says, but Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. 
So Amnon is a man who had a sexual desire for his sister Tamar that wasn't godly. And he knew it wasn't godly. Like it made him sick. The Bible mentioned that he he had a passion, an ungodly passion within him that was driving him, you know, like sick. Like he knew it was wrong, but his friend told him it's okay. Listen to me. It matters who you hang around. If you are the temple of God, you can't hang around people that want your temple to be corrupt. That doesn't mind if your temple is defiled. It doesn't matter. Um, they don't care if you want to please God. They just want to tell you, to, oh, do whatever you want. YOLO, you only live once. Pay attention to these people because these are the people that will lead you out of God's will if you're not being careful. The last point that I want to mention that may um, get people mad <laughs> is the issue of modesty. And I want to talk about the issue of modesty because I like, I, I, I don't understand. Like you hear people say a lot, um, I'm grown, I can do whatever I want. And we like to think that this is new. This is not this generation of stubborn children. If we look at the word of God, I'm going to read it from the NLT because I wanted to be very basic for you all. First Corinthians 6 and 12 says, you say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Paul makes it perfectly clear to them. You say you can wear whatever you want because I am saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast and don't tell me what I shouldn't do or you're a man, Tavares, so you can't tell a woman what she should wear and stay out of grown folks' business, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on. I've heard it all. And sadly, it's just your carnal ways of talking. You You may not like me for saying it, but it just shows that you're carnal. It just shows that we we don't understand that when people say oh the bible says you shouldn't judge um well the bible actually says we shouldn't be judging the world um and when it speaks of that type of judgment it's speaking of con- condemnation but it does speak about judging our brothers and sisters in christ that are in the house of god claiming to be believers living however they want that is not god's will it will never be god's will and you can't change his mind, <laughs> you know? So it doesn't matter how you view it. We cannot change God's mind on modesty. We can't change God's mind on purity. We have to understand it is very important that we follow, that we try to have God renew our hearts and our minds from the inside out, because it doesn't matter if you get that woman to put on the longest skirts, you know, ever created, and that brother to be fully clothed and have all this, and then their hearts are immodest, you know, because if, if we don't understand that modesty is an issue of the heart, then we're clearly missing it. Modesty is is emanating from the heart. So someone is not half naked on social media just because they're bored. It's because they're insecure in their heart and they want likes for attention. Or it's because they need some type of justification, some gratification from the world, some something that'll make them feel loved. So they do these things not realizing that they're getting it, you know, in a cheap way. I understand that, but it's a matter of something in their heart. But when we start saying things like I can do whatever I want, that go that just shows immaturity. When we say, when we say, um, oh, it's my body, I can put on what I want, that just shows that we're not necessarily aiming to please God. We want to go to heaven. Um, yes, but we don't want to please God. We want we don't want to go to hell, but we don't want to please God. Or we wanna we want God to to love us and always show mercy and grace, but we don't want to abide by his holy word. You know, so we have to think about it like it's very important that we take these things serious when God's word says something clearly about about issues, issues like modesty, because God wants to guide us. And many of us want our emotions to guide us. And that's not God's plan. 
God knows that it's so easy to make mistakes. God is not, you know, up there mad at you. The point is Christianity requires requires growth because God will meet you where you are, but he's not going to leave you there. So, yeah, you, you may have dressed like you were a stripper before. Bro, you may have been, you know, chest out all day, showing off your abs, trying to impress all the ladies before. But now that you're a child of God, like, bro, can you cover up? Like, because I think a lot of times we place pressure on women. Because honestly, I think a lot of times we place pressure on women, you know, because they're the curvy ones, you know, so you're not going to find. But that, that'd be gross to even think about, but you're not going to find, you know, guys, you know, people, women are turned on by physical looks. And I understand that that's not their fault, that they, they have shapes and all that stuff. But my thing is, if a woman is skinny or a woman is, you know, or is fat, you know, sorry, I don't, I don't want to be offended be offensive, but you, you get what I mean. But if a woman is not on the thick, you know, nice body, whatever, fit side, you know, that doesn't mean that they're not called a modesty as well. Because I think a lot of times women that are curvy are looking like, why is all the, why are you guys always yelling at me? Why are you always worried about me? But it's not necessarily useless. It's all women are called a modesty. And it's not necessarily that we're saying that men, oh, they have six packs. Oh, you're not allowed to take off your shirt because we're jealous. No, it's a matter of God calls you to modesty as well. And you have a standard of protecting your sisters as well. You're not, our goal should never be to sexually tempt someone, you know, because somebody is like, you could be a Christian and sexy. I've seen that in our comments before. And I just thought that's very ignorant because sexy is to desire sex from them. So if your goal is to be desired for sex, then that shows that something's wrong in your heart. Can you be a Christian and beautiful? Yes. Christian and handsome? Yes. Can you be the best looking thing ever? Yes. But that doesn't mean you need to show it all off. Social media is not an OnlyFans account, fam. Like, I don't get why everybody wants to be naked. You know, maybe it gets them more likes, more views, more attention. I don't know. But ultimately, our goal is not to get attention from people. It's to get heaven's attention. It's to please God. It's to show God that, yeah, she has the nicest butt, but she's going to say, God, well, I'm, I'm not going to aim to show it off. You know, I can't hide it, but I'm not aiming to make my dress or skirt or jeans tighter so people can see me. Or man, you may be working out hard every day. I go to the gym five days a week, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be posting my shirt off. And it's not even just because I'm married. It's just because of, you know, modesty. God calls us to modesty, you know, and I know it's a subject that, you know, it's touchy. A lot of people can get easily get offended over this. Hopefully I'm not offending anyone, but, you know, the truth is offensive, you know, and so I'm not coming to, to please everyone. But I really want us to pay attention to the fact that we cannot be a stumbling block to others, you know, so people like to say, if <clears throat> he's lusting because he has a lust problem. She's lusting because she has a lust problem. No, maybe you're half naked, you know, or um, we didn't need to see your bikini haul. All right. We didn't, we didn't need to see that, you know? So we have to understand that, yeah, the world can do whatever they want. And we as believers need to pay attention to who we follow. You know, we need to pay attention to what we entertain. And if I want God to be pleased in my life, I can't say I'm going to just be the nicest person. I'll preach and, I'll be loving and all that. And then I'm half making on social media. That just shows that I'm going for attention. And it's not the type of attention you think you want, because then we have a lot of sisters, especially, I think it's a lot of sisters, especially, but they get played a lot. <coughs> they get played a lot. And then a lot of sisters are saying, men only want sex. Well, that's all that was being advertised to them, sis. You know, you can't, can't show off breast, leg and thighs and not expect a brother to want some KFC, you know? But <laughs> I I, 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 let me shut up. <laughs> but I thought about another aspect 
but I think that's probably a topic for its own. But I, briefly on ta- tattoos, I'm, I'm against them personally because being a Christian. And I understand that's an Old Testament scripture, but I still don't see the, the need for it. Um, you know, but I don't condemn people that, that have them in the past or plan on getting them. That's just not my beliefs. But my thing is, we also need to take in consideration that when I get it, is it glorifying God? Well, because my body now belongs to God. So did you consult God or did you just get something cool saying God is love? No, you need to tell people God is love. Just hoping that they see your tattoo is not being a witness. And I think a lot of Christians are, are cowards because we like to I seen I seen some of the coolest stuff. Purity tattooed right there. Jesus loves you on the bicep. I see some of the coolest stuff. Um, people got their favorite Bible verse on their thigh, on their back. Um, you know, Holy Ghost written on your chest. I've seen some of the coolest stuff. Um, but at the same time, none of that is bringing anyone into the kingdom. Why? Because it's just marking up your body, you know, like go out and be a witness. So I don't know anyone's motives why they get it. But if you claim your motive is evangelism, open your mouth and go tell someone about the love of God. You know, that's that's just my recommendation to you. I won't get into that, you know, because I don't have time for arguments and I know how a comment section is going to get. <laughs> um but I want to wrap it up right here, man. Um, when it comes to before before I wrap it up, I want to say, hey, if you listen, it go show some love on the Patreon. Show some love to the Patreon. We're always going to get them our Patreon folks the episodes early, our videos early. We're trying to do more. Um, I believe we secured a location to start our very first sermon series. So pray if you're listening this far, please pray for us. We're trying to do great things for you all. You know, we're, we have a lot of things planned right now. School is just extremely busy, school, work, and life, but we have it planned. But to wrap it up, man, I just want to say that we have, I, I, I saw a podcast titled by my friend Kirby, and her, the name of her podcast is Bought and Beloved. And that made me think of this, like, do we understand what it means to be bought? To be, We know what it means to be loved by God, but do we understand what it means to be purchased, meaning when I go to the store and I see this, this jacket on the rack, yeah, that jacket belongs to the store. But when I buy it, the store can't tell me how to wear it. The store can't tell me how what location I can put it on in. The store can't tell me anything about it. And the jacket can't tell me either. It belongs to me. And I think as believers, we have to understand that you don't belong to yourself. You now belong to God. And it's so easy for you to make an excuse as to why you're going to do whatever you want to do. And trust me, that's up to you. But I want you to know that you are bought by God. When we think of the house of God, many of us think of our beautiful churches. We think about where we gather with all these people. But when God thinks of the church, he thinks of you, specifically you. Together, we are the body of Christ. You are God's temple. So when you, when you think you can just have sex with anybody and God be pleased, how is God going to dwell in a home that violates his word? When you think you can just smoke and drink and do whatever you want, how is God going to be pleased with that? So please understand before we jump <coughs> and make decisions and do all kinds of things that God isn't pleased with, please understand that you are bought by God and your life is created for his glory. Your life was created his purpose and if god lays it on your heart man i I don't know feel free feel free to shoot me a dm you know if you want to argue (laughs) but god lays it on your heart you know i I would appreciate if you guys subscribe to the podcast if you guys subscribe to the youtube channel um patreon i understand money's funny especially in times like covid um but please feel free to support but when it comes to 
this topic, I feel like this is something that's really dear to my heart because I see a lot of believers that just turn away from God or just do whatever they want with their bodies and then say, oh, but God's merciful. Yeah, God is merciful. But when he comes back, he's coming back as a judge. I love y'all. Pray that y'all be blessed in Jesus' name. Peace. See you next Thursday.